finally got to finish the House of the Dragon series, the prequel to the Game of Thrones uh, series, books, stories, and also what I feel is the HBO attempt at trying to regain the stability it held when it came to what it had for Game of Thrones. And, you know, I mean, maybe it's successful, maybe it's not. It's it's up there in viewers, it's up there in entertainment, I guess you could say. But story-wise, you know, I don't know. I'm not the biggest into a lot of the lore. I know a good portion of it, simply because... My wife is a walking Game of Thrones encyclopedia. She's read just about everything there is, and she's a real deep diver into that world. So whenever I have questions, I go to her. And from what I gather, this series was meant to be based, loosely based, loosely based on um, another novel in the Game of Thrones books called uh, Fire and Blood. Uh, so the series itself takes place 170 years before the first story in Game of Thrones, the, the as it says in the beginning of the show, the birth of Daenerys Targaryen. This takes place 172 years before that. Uh, Fire and Blood, I believe, is also the one that talks about this war. And what this show is kind of building up to is it's building up to the civil war known as the Dance of Dragons. I don't know much about the Dance of Dragons. I do know that the Dance of Dragons is... One of the many wars that does happen in Game of Thrones, minus what we know as being the uh, the War of Restoros or the War for Restoros, I should say, that Daenerys Targaryen plays in um, uh, the Game of Thrones series and sort of how it ends. And then, like, right before, like, the Game of Thrones kind of teases it that right before... What we know at the beginning of season one, where you meet the Starks and you meet the Lannisters, all of that, I believe it's Robert's Rebellion. But there's another one that a lot of people thought that this would be based on, which is the Blackfire Rebellion. Now, I don't believe they're going to go anywhere near the Blackfire Rebellion. This is strictly going to be about the Dance of the Dragons, and it's leading towards that. And, you know, a lot of people aren't upset about it. This has... You know, it's praise. It, it has its its good scores on everything. It's going to it's going to get its second season. I haven't heard anything about a cancellation and rightfully so, because it's simply giving us all of that Game of Thrones stuff that we want, you know, and it's also prequel source material that nobody can really fuck with. And I think that's where you have the separation between House of the Dragon and um, A Song of Ice and Fire, which is basically what the Game of Thrones series is. That's the entirety of, of the storyline is called A Song of Ice and Fire, and that storyline isn't finished yet. And I was talking to a co-worker about this the other day, and it's still so crazy to me that it's not finished yet. It is still so crazy to me that here we are, three years after the show has finally ended, and the last two books are still forthcoming. It's been 11 years since A Dance with Dragons was released, and The Winds of Winter is nowhere to be seen, and A Dream of Spring is still just out in the open. It's out, it's out in, in nothing land, and nobody knows what's going to happen with it. So, we got what we got for seasons 7 and 8. You know, people can give or take what they want from it, but I'm not really going to digress too far into the Game of Thrones area i'm going to stick with what this prequel is giving us and it's giving us this look into 
the infancy of a lot of houses we came to know and love in the Game of Thrones series that happens later on in the future of this, of the events of this show, and kind of what it shows us to be what happened, say, to, like, the Valerians and showing us how that house kind of came to its end. And, you know, the, the, the rise of the Lannisters becoming more prominent and the Starks becoming more prominent. They're kind of just in the back of everything else right now in these stories. It really does focus on the Targaryens a lot, which is sort of what everybody wants. Because when we are introduced to all of these houses, the Targaryens are done. It's literally Daenerys and her brother, who I can't remember his name right now. But they're the last of the Targaryens, you know, and then there's that whole story. So now what this prequel also does is it sets a precursor for the the idea of a song of ice and fire being this prophecy that hasn't been told yet. And these are the first moments where it's being told, where the Targaryens are the ones that are kind of having these dreams and having these notions of a song of ice and fire coming true and being something to be fearful of. I'm a big believer, and I haven't seen much about it, but I'm a big believer that I feel that Daemon Targaryen has to have something to do with the Night King. I don't know why, it's just a feeling. And it's a feeling that I, I just have in my gut that I don't know if we're ever going to get an answer about, and I could be wrong and it could not make sense. Again, I'm not the most keen on a lot of the Game of Thrones lore. It's just this feeling I get. I just feel that... When you watch him in this show, you see this sort of resentment and this rage and this anger in him as a character. And Matt Smith plays him perfectly, too. So you see that and you just see that maybe somewhere along the lines in the second season, I'm, I'm betting that he's going to die and his spirit's not going to rest. And he's going to wind up floating into the area beyond the wall where he's going to come back as the Night King in some way, shape or form. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. What I also have to point out is that even though the first episode of House of the Dragon takes place 172 years after the fact, this show does so many time jumps. I think by... You have episode 1, 2, and 3, which take place at the same time. Then I believe episode 4 does a, a six-year time jump. And then you do episode f 4 and 5... And then I believe episode six does like a 10 year time jump. By the time you get to the end, it's gone over about a 25 to 30 year time frame in the time jump that it's doing, where it jumps from the main character being um, uh, uh, Viserys going from being the, the main king uh, or, the, or the fifth king, I should say, of the seven kingdoms and uh, uh, his brother, uh, Daemon. And then his uh, his only child at the time, which is Rhaenyra Targaryen, and the death of his wife, which is all happening in that first episode. That's all 172 years. By the time you get to that last episode, it time jumps to see Rhaenyra get older. You know, many people are born, many people die, and there's at least 25, 30 years that it jumps. So now we're at about 140. 40 years before Daenerys Targaryen, which isn't a lot when you consider that there has to be a whole nother generation that comes into play, 
considering that there's a whole nother war that happens. You have this war that's about to happen, the Civil War of Dance of the Dragons. Then you have the Black Fire Rebellion that at some point has to be talked about. Maybe this House of the Dragons series will go into that. I'm also not going to complain if all this is is a bunch of prequels that eventually will just do time jump after time jump leading up until Robert's Rebellion. I wouldn't mind seeing that too, and then it kind of trickling straight into what we know to be the start of um, Game of Thrones. Whether or not that's the plan, I don't know. I don't know how long this is planned to run for. What I do feel, though, is that this hits on enough areas to, to keep me focused to it as a fan of just what the show is willing to give me. I don't have the same confusion as I did with the very first season of Game of Thrones. And I think that's a big separating factor. And maybe that's because I already have an eight-season precursor of understanding that I'm going to go into this and I'm not going to know everybody's name, I'm not going to know everybody's location, and I'm going to be confused more often than I'm going to understand what's actually happening. But there's enough going on that I find the entertainment in it where I'm following along enough to know who the basic characters are and where it's going. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I feel like that's a lot of people because even with all of the houses, there's really no focus on so many of them as there was with Game of Thrones. The focus really is on Targaryens and all of this family. It's literally just the family that's there. It's The focus is on um, Rhaenyra's... I don't want to say adultery because she, she married... Um, a Valerian prince who was homosexual <laughs> and she was like, okay, I'm going to bang who I want to bang. You bang who you want to bang. And then she winded up getting pregnant by a knight and had two kids with him. And the two kids looked nothing like her or the father because Targaryen blood is extremely strong, but so is the blood of this knight. And I guess the, the joke is that the father's blood is meant to be the strongest so they get most of the traits from the father, so they wind up looking like this knight, and then the knight gets banished, and she gets depressed, but then she comes up with this way of saying, okay, you know what, now I'm gonna marry my uncle Damon, and it's just, the whole inbreeding stuff that happens when, when it comes to these things is crazy in and of itself, but there's enough twists and turns that keep you focused and focused on what this family is going through and what they are willing to do in order to not only keep, I guess, the, the, the negative hearsay out of people's mouths or away from them, even though they can't always avoid it, but they are willing to fight for it. And then also the idea that they're still willing to kind of hold their own against anybody who's willing to sort of bash them down in a way. Now, the Civil War in and of itself does necessarily involve Targaryens, but it's not really set by Targaryens, which I also like, because when you look at Viserys, and you watch Viserys through the entire show, you actually see a man who really loves being king, he loves peace, he loves the fact that he wants to be this peaceful man who just wants his family to love each other and he wants his kingdom to thrive and he doesn't want to lay the hammer down unless he absolutely has to and when he does he does but when he doesn't have to he hates being told by other people when he should when he feels in his heart of hearts that he shouldn't 
and watching him go through all of this stuff with his family members and the fact that like you're looking at the the beginning of the throne as it was built and he's sitting on that thing and he's getting like like lead poisoning and shit from it and he's dying from it because they can't heal him so he's losing parts of his body and he's getting really sick and even though time is passing he's withering down but he still keeps his heart of hearts and he's really a good man in deep down but all people care about is the game and it really does show you what the game of thrones was like before a game of thrones was a thing i guess and it, it's maybe even just shows you that it was a thing even all the way back during this time viserys is meant to be the fifth king of the seven kingdoms and i know there's a war that happens before him i want to say if i read it correctly it was the war of the five kings i don't know what that really entails i don't know if that's covered in fire and blood or not but i know that as he was king he this is where it really gets into the nitty-gritty of, I guess, where people, like, really care, especially when it comes to Targaryens. And Targaryens are the ones that I'm guessing are the first family to disappear, in a way. You know, this is like... And I don't even think they really fully disappear, but I think there's this other family um, that is the, the queen that he marries uh, after his wife dies trying to give childbirth, which is a member of house um hightower who is really trying to kind of keep the throne while also being this joint house of targaryen and hightower but not wanting it to just be targaryens anymore and wanting to keep it in the hightower like family bloodline more so than anything else so they don't necessarily care about the other targaryens and they're willing to be do whatever it takes in a way. The, the, it really is a, an entertaining way of viewing what would be a precursor to the the, the craziness, the the absolute madness that is what the Game of Thrones series is, all the way leading up even to the ending. It really does show that. And I do hope this does eventually lead to the Mad King. If this isn't the case, if it's not meant to even show the Blackfire Rebellion or Robert's Rebellion, if it just gets up to the Mad King so we could see what it was that was in Daenerys' bloodline that caused Daenerys to do what she did at the end of Season 8, maybe that could be this kind of this reckoning, this redemption for Season 8 and give it more, give it more back so we can maybe look at that and view it with a little bit more appreciation. But I also know that that's very difficult to do because there are so many storylines that even this prequel is setting up for that show that Game of Thrones never saw through. So I don't even know why they are teasing the idea of A Song of Ice and Fire and A Prince That Was Promised and all of this stuff that they're really teasing and really trying to talk about when they're setting up these prophecies but then the show it's leading up to didn't fulfill all those prophecies so it's it's upsetting and it's also crazy to think that george rr R. martin still has a lot of the creative control over this and even when he had it in the in the game of thrones show it still it isn't matching up i don't know if the plan is to then redo game of thrones which would be extremely weird but i guess by the time 
you go through that entire prequel process all the way up to Robert's Rebellion, maybe you'll get five seasons into House of the Dragon and then it'll make sense and you can get a whole new crew of actors. You know, five seasons, what are you talking about? Eight years from now? And then by that time, the first uh, run of Game of Thrones would have been three years from now, 11 years old from the time it ended, and then 20 years old from its first episode aired. So maybe, maybe not. I doubt even George, you know, knock on wood, I doubt even George R. R. Martin will be alive that much longer because he has a tremendous amount of health problems and he still has to write, I mean, I don't know how far along the second book is, but he still has to release two books to finish the first set of stories. This is all stuff that's already out there, so just give us those two books and hopefully give us another season of th this war that's hopefully entertaining and hopefully it's ten episodes of just the war. I would appreciate that because that's what I was promised for season eight. I was promised eight hour and a half long episodes of everything that would just feel like a war and I got none of that, so hopefully with how it ended... I'm going to get nothing but 10 episodes of straight dragon fighting war when the second season rolls around, whenever that is. Because the other factor you have to take in consideration is that this was in sort of a development limbo because there was rumors about it having been in the works since before Game of Thrones had even ended and nothing was even set in stone yet. And then the pandemic hit and all that, so that kind of put a damper on certain things. But they got it out, and there should be plans for another one. I don't believe I've heard anything about them canceling it. Again, it just kind of finished a couple of weeks ago. So, fingers crossed we get more, and fingers crossed they kind of stick to source material, and they give us what they gave us for this, um, for this season.